Hello, and welcome to the Racers Roots podcast. On today's episode, we are talking to James Hinchcliffe. If you're a fan of IndyCar, it is doubtful that you don't know who that is, as he is currently one of the voices of the NBC IndyCar commentary team, and he can also be heard a few times a year on the F1 TV broadcast. That's not even to mention his storied career as a driver, and most importantly, finishing second place on season 23 of Dancing with the Stars. I'm so excited for you to learn all about Hinch and his family. So what do you know as far as is your family history? Oh boy. Um, what do I know? I know what I've been told. I don't oh. know how true any of it is. Uh, I was told, so my dad's side, not a lot, to be honest. My, my dad was English and uh, both parents English. Oh, I think his mother was actually Welsh or came from Welsh lineage, but uh, all British. So I, I don't know much about that side in terms of, you know, what else they did or where they came from. And then I know my, my grandfather, my dad's side was a doctor and uh, my grandmother was a nurse. That's how they met. And that's kind of the extent of knowledge on that side of the family. On my mom's side, I know my grandfather on my mom's side, her dad was born in Canada, but of Russian slash Ukrainian descent, I believe. And my mom's mom was born, I believe, in Poland uh, or the Ukraine as well. I don't know, somewhere in that part of the world. And she was she came over to Canada when she was quite young. But there's a there's a myth, there's a family fable about my mom's family coming over um on a trip essentially funded by Tolstoy. Uh he was either from the village that they were living in or just decided to help this random village when he, you know, made his proceeds from War and Peace and wanted to get some people out uh around the war. So there's some yeah, some floating around rumors that maybe they came from the same town and and he actually helped, you know, ancestors of mine come across to uh to Canada. So I'll say your dad's side of the, for both sides, really, I do a lot of newspaper archival research. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, your family just really apparently stayed, you know, stayed out of trouble. <laughs> and I did find, I did not find well much. Yeah, they were apparently well behaved. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I felt really bad because like I, we recorded with Joseph um, mm-hmm. and I had a bunch of like newspaper articles and like, all, oh, and no I don't have it. Like I only have a couple um, well, what, what did his, what did his family get up to? What kind of degenerates were they? No, they were all, they were all bit, mostly good. Mostly good. His, 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 I think it was his great, great grandfather was a dentist who probably killed a man in his dental chair. Um, you know, well, I mean, as far as we know, not on purpose. Occupational hazard. Yeah. I mean, it just happens. Um, and, and you know, that kind of stuff. And like his, great great grandmother was like an artist who like won an award and and all of that kind of stuff but and i also killed somebody but it doesn't matter it's well, but yeah i mean probably yeah who you know yeah. the, back in the, those days um <laughs> so i did i didn't it didn't seem like your grandmother on your dad's side was i didn't see any real welsh but uh it, you know. yeah it may have been her who knows? family i don't know yeah, yeah. um but 
So you have two middle names. Yes, I do. Yes. Do you know where those two middle names come from? So uh, Douglas was my grandfather's name. Um, And then it's Meredith, but that's actually kind of from my grandmother's side, uh, allegedly. Uh, That spelling uh, in, in Welsh culture, I guess, is a unisex name pronounced Meredith. And, um, I believe I had a great, I don't know what he would be uncle or something, uh, that, so my, my grandmother's maiden name was Jones. And so I was told there was a Meredith Jones somewhere in our history. And, uh, and so she insisted on Meredith being a, a sort of family middle name. So my father's middle name, my two uncles, my dad's brother's my brother, myself, we're all, we're all Meredith Hinchcliffe's. Yeah. Um, so, so interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, weird. I, I don't, I've never heard of that before. Like a, like a family middle name, but yeah, no, no. Um, so your great grandfather, his middle, that was his middle name. Oh, okay. My great grandfather. There you go. Yeah. His first name was Bernard. So I think Bernard Meredith Jones. Yeah. I, so, um, yeah. So your grandfather was Leonard on your dad's side and then, yeah. Aud- and then Audrey, right. did, did you, did you know them? Like, did you spend any time with them? <laughs> Thanks guys. Um, yes, I did. I did know, uh, I knew. So yeah. So Leonard Douglas Hinchcliffe, uh, actually I think he even had another name as well, he, but he did. yeah, he did. I, it, uh, it was a funny name. It was like a really old timey British name. You must know it. Uh, Stansfield. Stansfield. I mean, amazing. Why wasn't my middle name Stansfield? Right. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, first name Stansfield. Right. It's incredible. Uh, if I ever have kids, there's going to be a Stansfield in there. So yeah, but he, he went by Douglas. He went by Dougie. Okay. Um, so even though he was, he was L Douglas, uh, again, just so British sounding. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we did. We were really fortunate. We got to travel uh, over there quite a bit when we were kids. We think we tried to go once a year as a family. And then once, the, once we were old enough to kind of travel with dad on our own and be, you know, relatively, you know, functioning adults, he would every year would take one of us alone and do a trip, just him and one of the kids. So we'd, so some, every third year you'd go twice kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we did get to spend a decent amount of time with them considering they lived on another continent. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandfather passed away in 99, but then granny, I saw a lot more of granny after that because grandpa never wanted to travel. He never wanted to fly. He he came back from the war and thought everything outside of Britain sucks and I'm never leaving. And he never did. And stubborn old British guy. And the day he passed away, he, he passed away on November 21st. And the next day, uh, granny had a ticket booked to come to Canada for Christmas. So she came over for Christmas for, I think the next four or five years, maybe. And, uh, and, you know, we would still go over there and see her when we could. So I, I got to spend a little more time with, uh, with granny. Um, but yeah, no, I got to, got to know them a little bit for sure. What kind of doctor was, was he, do you know? He was a, G, he was a GP. So Just yeah. Right, okay. Um, you know, he was, I think he may have been like a, like a field surgeon in the war, but, uh, he just had a, a practice in his little hometown and he practiced until he was 80, I want to say. 
you know, obviously took his his schedule down to maybe right. two days a week sort of thing and a limited number number of patients. But yeah, he still would go in, I think, until he was 80, which was just insane. Wow, I would not want an 80-year-old working on me, but no, just my- I, yeah. No, I wouldn't either. Um, and then did you spend a lot of time with your maternal grandparents too? Um, because I mean they were, I think, ge- geographically closer. Geographically much closer. Now they they divorced when my mom was youngish. I think she was in her teens. Uh, maybe she was 11, 12 when they split up. Um, but also lived in the Toronto area. My grandfather remarried. So grandpa had, uh, so I, I had two nanas on this side. Uh, Olga, who we called Nana Banana, was my actual grandmother. And then Nana Ruth was my step-grandmother. Uh, and we knew them all very well. And we all got along, um, you know, the whole family would be together for for Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever other events. Uh, and so we saw both my, you know, uh, maternal grandparents a lot and my step-grandmother a lot. My grandfather, he had a little cottage about two hours north of Toronto. There's this area called Muskoka, which is just this beautiful part of the country. And he bought this little place in the 60s, I want to say, this little cabin in the woods. And it was like his everything. It was, he just absolutely was in love with it. So every weekend from the the day the snow melted until the snow flew again in the weekends, uh, Grandpa Nick and Ruth were up there at the cottage. And so we just grew up there as kids in the summer. And it's still my favorite place on earth. Like my wife and I got engaged up there. We got married up there. Like it's just, it's still in the family. It's and and it hopefully will be forever. Um, and then, yeah, my, my grandma, she lived, uh, my Nana, she lived, Right in downtown Toronto, we saw her all the time. She would babysit us sometimes. So the first time my parents went on a vacation after they had kids without the kids, I think I was about five. So my sister would have been 11 and brother somewhere in the middle. He would have been eight. It was Nana that came and babysat us. And it was, I remember that time in my life very clearly because I think we were a little much for her. I think three three kids for a, you know, yeah, whatever she was at the time. It was It was a lot. And I felt for her. So I have a, one son and he's four. And by the time, by the time I was his age, my mom had three kids. I'm always like, mm-hmm. how, how did you do that? Like, how did, yeah. how did you do that? That's. I have two dogs. I literally said that I was, we just got back from Canada. We were up there this past week for some birthdays, uh, from family birthdays. And Becky and I had our two dogs and we had to get them out the door to come to, I don't forget what it was. And I remember I saw mom and I was like, I don't know how you did it with three humans. Like, two dogs is a nightmare. It's so much work. And it's just, they're like, I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you did it. Yeah. I don't either. But I mean, glad they did because obviously if not, we yeah, I'm, I'm the youngest. So I'm really glad yeah. that they didn't stop it too. Right. Did, did your grandmother ever, ever talk about, um, about like her parents, about, so she was born somewhere around 1925, 1926. Um, and she came to Canada in 1930. So when she was, yeah, she was four. Yeah. So that sounds right. I don't know if she, she might not have even remembered, but she would, you know, her parents. She never talked about them very much. Um, I think my mom has, so here's the thing. This is kind of embarrassing. There are names that I remember you know, my mom and her talking about and other family members from that side talking about, but I sometimes mix up who actually, who is. So there's, there's a name, I don't even know what his name was, but it might be one of the ones that I heard a lot. You know, they ended up in a town, well, actually I guess it's my grandpa's side. 
I'm trying to think if my grandma was up there as well. That's where they met. I don't even remember now. But no, I don't know much about her parents at all. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, because of, you know, they came from Poland and, the, and a, a lot of genealogy, at least, you know, it, it's a lot of it is being kind of at the mercy to what is put, you know, what is put online and what For is sure. even still. What um, records even exist. Exist period. anymore. Um, and so American genealogy is a lot easier um, because of actually because of the Mormon church, um, because that's a big part of their religion like a really big cornerstone of their religion. So they have a lot of it, okay. um, but not as far as other countries, it's not, but so her dad's name, it was his, it was Yurko, which was a, a variant of George. And so okay. when he came to Canada, that was what his, his name was. And then by, by the time he died, he had um, anglicized it to George, which I always right. think is interesting. And then um, her mom. Hibisky, right? Yes. Yeah. So your great grandmother, her name was Anelia, which was kind of like a Polish version of Angela. And so we don't, okay. ha- I don't have a lot, much, lot on them just because. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back then, Can- in that part yeah. of the world. Yeah. And Canada yeah. doesn't have a lot of their records online like the U.S. does either. Oh, interesting. Probably I would, if I actually looked at, I'm sure it's probably like a privacy. I'm sure there's like privacy laws where in the U.S. it it varies by state. Open season. And like, it like I can see all of the death certificates in Indiana up until 2011, um, which is very recent. And like in, I think there's another state where you can see them up until like 2018. And st- wow. so like it, it really does depend. Um, but it's it on public record in the U S <laughs> apparently. So, um, yeah. And then, so on your mom's side, did you know your great, your, okay. So it would have been your grandpa Carrick, his parents. Did you, did you know, I think yes. his dad died uh, in 1952, right. but so I had, didn't meet him. Uh, yeah, but, that was a little before your time. A little before my time. But yeah, his mom, my baba, um, she made it to like 90, we're not sure, 96-ish. She doesn't remember what, she didn't remember what year she was born, which I just think is hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so baba, I mean, baba actually out, outlived grandpa. Um, yeah. my, my grandfather had a, a rare blood cancer and he passed away um, in his 70s, but uh, but yeah, Baba made it to to her late nineties, and she was this this funny old little Russian lady. And uh, the running joke was always literally from as far back as I can remember. And I'm I don't remember exactly what year she passed away, but you know, as far back as I could do. Do you have that? It, you know? I think it was like two thousand and seven. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, say mid two thousand or two thousand three years. Yeah, yeah. Um, you told me two thousand six last night. So one of those <laughs> somewhere I, in there. Somewhere I, don't, in the, I actually in didn't the write it down for some reason, but yeah, it was one. It was in the early. But yeah, but from as far back as I can remember, like four or five years old, we'd go visit her, and every time we saw her, she would act like it was the last time that we were going to see her because she was on the way out. And it was it was like the running joke in the family. Bob was like, oh, you you never come visit me anymore. It's the last time you'll ever see me. And I'm like, Bob, we come like once every two months and you have not moved or changed in the last 15 years. Like I'm, I don't want to say I don't believe you, but like it's hard to believe you. Right. When in this you, scenario. Yeah. When this is yeah. 
This is it. So yeah, so yeah, I, I I did get to know her quite a bit, which was okay. cool. And and did she ever kind of talk about about her family, about you know where her family came from? She didn't a ton know her. You know, her memory wasn't the best. <laughs> she said she know when she was born. You know, I know that she was you know the kind of conditions she was born into more than any any specifics about you know where and when and and her family stuff like that, but. We heard a lot about what life was like growing up as Baba, which, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, it didn't sound great. And can you tell us about that? Like, what did? You know, it was houses without electricity, without running water. She had, um, I think, she had quite a few siblings, if I remember correctly, which you know, pretty typical for for that kind of situation back then. Um, I do believe she lasted the longest of them. I think she outlived. And I think she was the oldest too. I think she was the oldest of her siblings. Um, but yeah, you know, just, just sort of talked about um, yeah, growing up in these, these tricky conditions and no water, no electricity, no this, no that. And, you know, she still sort of lived in <laughs> the, the olden days, even when she had a house and running water and all these things. <laughs> so your um, family fable about um the the leo tolstoy um was is true it is true but there's there is more to it than just um him helping this random village out okay all right um so have you ever heard of the it's called dukabor does that yes yeah yes yeah. you know they're a spiritual christian ethno religious group yes in in russia that you know they got themselves into a lot of trouble for you know pushing back against uh the Rus russian orthodox church mm -hmm. they used to like burning people alive i think too i think that yeah was that, that was like that was much much later when they were okay. in canada uh, oh okay and and, they, and and there was like some some nudist nudity component <laughs> i sure. couldn't really figure out like the the thing that tied it all together. But so there was like an incident in like 1895 where, because they were pacifists. So one of their, you know, they, they didn't want to, you know, participate in any military. Um, so they were being forced. And so about 7,000 of them destroyed their guns um, and they were beaten by the Russian army, which drew um, international um, attention and criticism. And so they allowed, I never say this word, the Dukabors yeah, to Duke leave. Yeah, that's right. And, um, and they left in 1899, which was when your great grandmother's parents, they both came over, right? you know, with the first wave, because there was a couple, but they were with the first. And Leo Tol Tolstoy, um, he provided at least half of, half of the funds for Very it. Cool. So it was yeah. true. It, and that was what happened. I thought that was really interesting. Did she ever talk about the, the religion? Was that something she... Not, no, not so much uh, Baba, but in later years, my mom started just kind of getting into that phase of doing a little bit of research into her own family tree and everything mm -hmm. and tracked down some distant relatives of hers. So there's a lot of the Duke of Bors settled in Western Canada. Mm -hmm. And so there's still a big community there that a lot of descendants from that, you know, that time and and that particular event that that movement event um still live and so we have relatives there and she flew out there she's flown out there a couple times i think my brother went with her one time uh dad went out there one time so it's kind of only more recently that 
I've I've heard and and learned a little bit more about that side of of the family, but I don't think there were many lingering, you know, after thoughts of the weirder sides of that group that hung on through Baba when she was in Ontario, because um, they settled in in northern Ontario in a town called Timmins, um, and that's where my you know my grandfather grew up and where where Baba was living and my where my mom was actually born. Uh, they lived up there. And again, I think another little community of of the Duke of Boers were up there. It was a mining town. So they were looking for labor and, you know, there were jobs available back in the day. Famously, Shania Twain is the most famous person to come out of Timmins, Ontario, in case you guys were fans, which you should had, be if you're not. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Which I think, I think by the fact that like I've ever appeared in like a local newspaper by being my mother that would make her the second most famous person that's ever come out of Timmins, Ontario, next to like global music sensation Shania Twain. So there's a gap, but like, mom, I'm pretty sure it's P2 on like the Timmins yeah, chart of, I yeah. Think, Just think pretty so. cool. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. Did your baba, did she eat meat? Cause that was yeah. one of the things was, was they vegetarian? were vegetarian. That's a great question. <laughs> I don't remember a fuss being made about her not eating meat. So I think, I don't remember her being vegetarian, but I also was young and don't even know if I would have understood that at the time necessarily. But yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I didn't realize that was a, that was a Duke of War trait. Yeah. It was part of the pacifism. Right. Yeah. And that was kind of um, on your mom's side, kind of all I, all I had um, just because yeah, with recent immigration kind of. For sure. Puts it. um, I don't have a lot of like, super extra special information about like about any of your dad's um, and ancestors, except your great grandmother on. So it would be Audrey. So Audrey's Mm -hmm. parents. Do you know if she had siblings? Because I couldn't find any. I don't know of any. Okay, because her parents actually got married really like not really late in life but like fairly late in life for like for the time, time. For the time. Yeah. like um her mother was 31 and her and her dad was 38 38 yeah oh. so that was i mean for the for the man i guess it wasn't but for the for for yeah, uh, so you say for that, yeah. that time that's that that's time. Uh, it's definitely later was it first marriages for both yeah i i think as far as i can tell it was and her name was hilda so her her dad was his name was henry searles and he was a steel manufacturer okay and it from what i can tell he he was pretty successful um he died when he was 49 and actually was able to find a little article about him. It says that he was, went to Birmingham on business, caught a chill and just never, never recovered. Wow. Yeah. And so, and then I found this one, which was, so this 23 broom grove, um, was where they were living when he he died, and she his wife was trying to sell it, and so it, it was three reception rooms, two kitchens, eight bedrooms. Look at look at that! I know a bathroom, 
um, good cellaring, cellaring, stabling in a carriage house. My goodness. Um, Yeah. And so the house is still standing. Um, It actually is a part of Sheffield Hallam University now. No Um, way. Yeah. And so it's, it's their nursery with like, so their daycare, it's like they've converted it completely. And so that's, that was the best picture I could get of of it. Sheffield University. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's very cool. Yeah. And then, so I'm going to walk it back so you understand who these people are. So um, going back to, back to Audrey, her dad, um, Bernard, his dad was Evan, Evan Miller Jones. And he was a lawyer. He died in 1890 at the age of 60. Um, I couldn't find any, any article about, about his death, but I was able to see that he lived in Leeds on two Moreland road which was a part of Little Woodhouse, which is like a little neighborhood. And and this is what the house looks like now. Oh, not that. So, which I think is really cool. There you go. That's super cool. Um, Evan Miller-Jones. Yes. He would have been your great-great-grandfather. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah, because, yeah, Leeds, that's that's the area that, you know, they, my, my, family is in and my yeah. dad grew up in dad went to Leeds University yeah um that's crazy it's yeah wild to think that those places are still standing yeah <laughs> how how did your dad get from how did he end up in Canada uh it was a university roommate of his okay so he went to Leeds University and mm-hmm. um he had a roommate I want to say that was a year or two older and graduated I don't remember exactly his path, but somehow ended up in Canada. And within a couple of years of graduating dad, and he had moved down to London and was working for a company. Um, he was working for BP at the time, British Petroleum. And uh, his buddy wrote him and said, Hey, come, come visit, come out. Canada's great. You're going to love it. And he was in Toronto at the time. And so dad planned a three week trip out uh, one summer to Toronto to visit his buddy, Victor. And at the end of week one, he wanted to just pack up and go home. He hated it. And by the end of week three, he was writing his company for a transfer to the Toronto office because he wanted to move there. So I'm not sure exactly what happened in week two, but it must have been good. Yeah. And uh, and that's that's what he did. He flew back to London and you know submitted a transfer, and they approved it. And shortly thereafter, you know, it was a lot easier back then to move between countries and work and especially because you know it's still part of the commonwealth you know for brit to move to canada mm. back then it was nothing it was easy so yeah he moved here i think he had 500 bucks in his pocket and moved in with his old roommate i think again to start and, and off he went i was just, i thought you were gonna be like and I, he met my you know met your mom it was, and it was early on that he did meet mom i i don't think she was necessarily the reason that he stayed uh, i don't think they had met yet but uh yeah there's a there's a bit of a it's a it's either a romantic story or like a scoundrel story depending on how you want to look at it he had had a girlfriend in england and had and she had said well you know 
I'll come with you to Canada. And he said, great, let me go over, get settled, get a place, do all that stuff. And then I will send for you, which is the thing that you used to say back in the day. And, uh, and he came to Canada, got a job, got a place, met mom, never sent for her. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I think she got over it. They stayed friends, I think, a oh, little while afterwards. So it was fine. That's good. Um, everything that's happens good. for a reason. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah, so it was, yeah, she is still over there. And uh, yeah. And yeah, it worked out well. I it think. worked out okay. Yeah, so, it worked out okay. Well, that's good. I th- I read in an article somewhere at some point that was your dad the reason you got into racing because yeah like nobody like a lot of your family they were like uh, like your great great grandmother was like a dressmaker and right and her husband was a wool cloth maker you know like that right. that kind of, of them. lots of textiles yeah lots of textiles <laughs> no no automotive anything. none of them were overtly risk takers or yeah. sportsmen or anything anything yeah. like that. Yeah, no, I mean, my dad has had a huge passion for motorsports, like a lot of Brits do. And, uh, and I just sort of grew up with that influence. You know, I, most kids my age in Canada grew up with dads that loved hockey, but my dad didn't grow up in Canada, so he didn't care about hockey, right. he cared about racing. And so I just loved it. I just, you know, I, and it's funny, I've got two older siblings and neither one of them really took to it in the same way from like a fandom standpoint, but from, I mean, literally as far back as I could, my first memories of life are watching races with dad. And so I just always loved it. And, um, you know, three, four, five years old, going to the IndyCar race in Toronto and just being the kid chasing, you know, Mario Andretti around for an autograph and stuff like that. And, uh, and then I got a go-kart for my ninth birthday and we just, we started going racing It actually started to be fair. It started the year before because he started racing at 45, he had a midlife crisis and he bought a little British vintage sports car and he went racing in a series in Ontario that is basically comprised of expat Brits who have midlife crises and buy British vintage sports cars. And so when I was eight, he started doing that and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And we met a guy uh, doing the vintage racing whose son raced go-karts. So I was like, oh, you got to come check out my son's go-kart race one day. And like, I didn't know that racing go-karts was a thing, right? Like right. go-karts were like, you went to the fair, mm-hmm. you know, those crappy little concession carts or whatever. So I went and checked out this like professional go-kart race. And I was just like, yep, that signed me up. And so for my birthday, I got a go-kart and that was it. Yeah. Um, rest is history. Yeah. Which All is- downhill from there, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, because you did Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. Well, yes. And, yeah. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> Open up some other real opportunities. A, real achievement. Yeah. Real achievement there. That's all it was. So I only got into motorsports so that I could eventually end up on Dancing with the Stars. You know, I just, you I know just... when I was a kid, because I mean, I, like Dancing with the Stars started like when I was, because I'm, I'm 25 and it started like when I was fairly young. I remember being, yeah. I want to get famous enough just enough to be on dancing with the stars that's all i want to do we've all had that life (laughs) my mom had to be like no that's not a viable career path you have to do something else yeah it's a weird motivation (laughs) yeah yeah it's a weird end game but yeah yeah yeah. she was like no (laughs) no you don't don't i think you have to pretty much be an influencer now to get on this show so i'm I'm glad i got my opportunity when i did yeah Oh, don't get me started. Yeah. I have a. He still watches it. I, Sensitive I subject, watched, huh? 
<laughs> in, a, in a while. I think, I don't remember what the last season was that I watched, but it's been a while. And I think when they got rid of, of uh, Tom Bergeron, Tom, I was like, yeah. I, I tried to watch Tyra and I'm sure she's lovely, but I don't know. Like he was, he was the it's show, different. you know, he, like was, the he show. was the show. He was the show. Um, yeah. I think that's all I have. Do you have okay. any questions? Yeah. Was I there felt, anything you wanted is, to yeah. cover that we didn't? Well, uh, no, but is there, is there any way you could email me those pictures of those houses? And yeah. maybe just with a quick blurb of who, who was, who belongs yeah. to what sort of thing. I'd yeah. I'll the, just, I just yeah, put it in like a that, PowerPoint. So I'll just right. share Sweet. it with you. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you for doing it with us. No, we of course. Right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Racers Roots podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating or review wherever you are listening and follow us on Twitter at Racers Roots Pod.